I think I have sound. All right. You can lip read. <laughs> okay, let's see if you have sound now. Hey, I'll, everybody on the X spaces, can you hear me? I think I have sound. All right. You can lip read. <laughs> I figured it out, guys. I, I'm, I'm not as stupid as I look. I know some of you don't believe me, but it's true. Not as stupid as I look. All right, I'm back functioning. Everybody, we have sound together. Yay! All right. So, again, I'm going to go. Everybody that's inside of this Twitter spaces, hit the share button. Hit the share button. I want you guys to share this. Help me get out here. And everybody who's on social media, I see that you're on. Who is this? Who is this? You're on Facebook. Hit the share button. Hit the share button, Shannon. Tanisha, um, I need you to hit the share button. We've known each other since we were kids. You better share this because we we almost like family, girl. Uh, Kathy, I hope you didn't leave. You still there. Hit that share button. Young Flav. I know, I know you, you, you were here last time. Hit that share button. Hit that share button. Everybody hit that share button for me. Um, so that we can get people up in this this chat. Cause uh it is a marvelous day. All right. So here's the deal. I made a promise to you guys last week that I was going to start doing weekly shows or daily shows because I was so fed up with the content that was out there that I was like, you know what? It's time for me to do something. What can I do? Even if it's not a lot, I just want to do something that's a lot better than complaining. And um, I'm watching all the comments right now, everybody. Just so you know, I'm watching the comments. I'm going to open up some opportunities for you guys to speak in just a second. But let me, let me tell you, this is not, this is not the beginning of Knox Unleashed. I know that's what you thought you were coming for. This is not it because this week is going to be a little hectic for me. But this is, I, I didn't want to not do anything. I wanted to do something. It's all right with me with us come on man and they do and so um i'm like today here's what i'm gonna do i'm still gonna do something but it's not it's not gonna be what you expected it's still gonna be something but it's not gonna be the thing all right um so i i, I was what well, i was going to uh oh first let me give you some updates so here's some updates because this week is insane tomorrow morning at five o'clock in the morning i leave to go to g3 and i'm gonna be at g3 and I'm going to be doing some filming out there for those guys. And so I'm going to be working from the 19th through the 23rd. So all next week is going to be me at G3. I just had this day open. So I'm like, I don't want to not do anything. I want to do something. So let me go ahead and put together at least some some short thoughts, uh, crowdsource some content, talk about some things with you guys here. And then uh, we'll get ready for next week. So next week is actually going to be the, be the actual beginning of Knox Unleash. But I wanted to do something. And so let me just tell you, well, I'm going to be at G3. My goal at G3 is to give you an evening recap of G3, of everything that's going on. So whoever I can get to come and have that recap with me, I believe it might be Josh, um, trying to get Scott and Josh and Virgil all to come with me every evening to kind of give a recap of the whole conference. Um, and so I'm looking forward to that. So I'll be out there the whole conference, hopefully doing recaps every night. That is at least to get you guys ready and engaged for what's about to happen with Knox Unleashed. And I don't know. Uh, we'll see if we like that title. Victor came up with that title. We're going to see if Victor actually came up with a great title. But Knox Unleashed, that's what we're going with. So here's the deal. I was going, I was, so that's going to be next week. Next week, we'll actually start Marvelous Mondays T3, which is Tech Theonomy Tuesdays. 
I switched it up from last time. Tech the Anime Tuesdays. Wednesdays are going to be uh, Work Wednesdays. Thursdays are going to be Thread Inception Thursdays. And Fridays are going to be Family Fridays. So that's going to be something extra coming to you from the Fight Laffies Network that I'm going to do. And this whole thing is not going to be recorded. This is going to be live. This is I want this show to be an interaction between me and you. I'm going to start us off, and then we're going to we're going to have. I'm putting my phone here so I can see everybody who's in here, so that I can uh, make sure I invite you guys to speak once we get rolling. I'm just waiting for some people to come in here, and we're going to keep we're going to keep rolling. But I'm just I want to engage with you guys. I want to have old school radio kind of vibe where we can talk back and forth to each other and have that that a crowdsource content. That's what I'm working to do. So that's going to be my promise. Yes, I'm going to engage you this week, but the real show is going to start next week. And here's what here's here's what was on my mind. So last, oh, I, I know this past Saturday was it? I was riding with my wife, and we were riding down the hill uh, of Lewiston, which is, by the way, if you go, live in Moscow and you go down to where the Costco is and down uh, where basically all the big stores are. Uh, been kind of a large it's a larger city than moscow and it's the closest biggest city to us and it's a beautiful drive when you come from so moscow is up higher and you come down to lewiston it is you're on the top of this huge mountain looking down over this lovely city kind of stinks a little bit because you have the paper mill but it is beautiful nonetheless beautiful city and it came to me this particular situation I don't know if you guys know this, but Christian nationalism has kind of become a big thing lately. Everybody's talking about it, at least on the on the Internet and the pagans are talking about it to get everybody scared. But Christian nationalism has become pretty big. And so th there's a couple books out there that uh, are coming from uh, Friends of Moscow and Moscow that are really making a lot of news. So you got the Canon Press book, The Case for Christian Nationalism by Stephen Wolf. And then you have another book that's just blowing up right now uh, by Andrew Isker. Now, Andrew went to Greyfriars, and I, I knew Andrew for uh, a short time while I was here. I only have two really, well, a couple members of Andrew, but I, we went to the same church. I played basketball when I first got here with Andrew. Nice guy. Didn't have a whole lot of time in fellowship with him, but uh, was able to know him. And the dude is just, his book is going bonkers right now. Well, I think the title of Christian nationalism has people more upset than actually the worldview of Christian nationalism. And I think a lot of people are fighting over the title. And I think the people who, and I was talking to Jason Farley about this today. I'm not a Christian nationalist. Um, that's not a title I'm going to wear. Um, but I'm a theonomist. So I believe in the lordship of Christ over every area of life, including the civil magistrate. So me and Christian nationalists are like, you know, we're, we're close. We get along really well. Um, and I think a lot of Christian nationalists and people who aren't Christian nationalists would put me inside of the camp of Christian nationalists. Okay whatever uh that's fine but hey Stuart, i see you here man what's up so anyway so be, this book from um andrew isker got reviewed by um I can't, oh i'm sorry i'm missing the title you know what here's what you need to do oh the boniface option was that yes the boniface option Yes, that's from Andrew Isker. You can find it. It's, it's blowing up right now. It's, it, we're going to have Andrew on the show. I want to talk to him a little bit um, about his book. But anyway, so this book gets reviewed by Rod Dreher. Now, here's the deal. I like Rod Dreher. I read his book on uh, Live Not By Lies. It's a good book. And I read it during the time of COVID. So 
we we didn't just read his book. Rod Dreer came on our show when we were in um, Louisiana. Rod Dreer came and um, no, yeah, I Victor, no, Christian intergalacticism is my thing. That's what I am. I'm a Christian intergalacticus. So I'm always going to hold to that. I see the comments up there. Um, so Rod Dreer, I like Rod. I consider Rod a friend. Rod came on to our show, Cross Politic. I think he's had some issues with Doug. And uh, but he he wanted to one of the things that Rod wanted to do was say, hey, listen, if we don't hang together, we'll hang separately. So I wanted to show some sort of camaraderie in the fact that we are Christians and brothers together. So he came on cross politics. We talked to him for like two hours, had a beer with him and sat down. It was a really good time. So I, I like Rod. I like Rod. Uh, no, you can't see the comments. That's because you're not on YouTube. Some are on YouTube, some are on Facebook, some are on uh, Rumble. So not all the comments are seen. I, and there's and look. This is so lovely. Thank you for everybody who's in these spaces right now. I'm going to open up the floor in just a second for you guys to add to this. But let me set this up. So Rodrigo writes this review of the Boniface option and basically uses his review against Andrew to kind of poke at Doug. This is all going to make sense in a minute. Just hold on. I'm going to set this up. And in one of the comments that he makes is he says that what happens when all the uh, the bug men have been exterminated, so to speak? Should Trash World be consigned to the hat to the ash heap of history? I'm not the best reader, but so we're all going to struggle through this together. <laughs> He's like, what then? What will Isker's world be like? You know, Isker, the author of um, the Boniface Option. What kind of peace will it impose? What happens to its uh, dissidents, Christians and otherwise? What happens to women? What happens to Catholics, the Orthodox, and the non-believers? How about the fake, the gay? And then he goes on and he says, is there a place for them all? Is the world, is the world to become Moscow, Idaho? Now, just for everybody to know, Andrew Isker doesn't live in Moscow, Idaho. He's in Minneapolis, I believe believe he's still in Minneapolis was a Minneapolis guy and and so Doug <laughs> is writing this article back to Rod Dreer and he's like live not by lies at least not lots of them <laughs> my past is hilarious so this is so this is Doug writing back to Aunt, to um, Rod Dreer and saying hey man like this is this is your review and he quotes him here and and he and and the whole question from Rod is: Is the whole world to become like Moscow if Christian nationalism wins? Now, before before I go any further, I want to I want to I want you to know that Rod, this is really not about you. It's it's really not this this post this show is really not about you, Rod. I'm telling you, Mr. Dreer, it's not about you. Although. <clears throat> I do want to offer an olive branch with my pastor, Pastor Doug Wilson. It's not about you. But Pastor Wilson goes on after quoting the uh, Rodriguez's take on the Boniface option is the whole world to become Moscow. And he says, this, of course, makes me wonder just what exactly he thinks is going on out here. We aren't making the infidels do anything. They make us do stuff. But that's in another story. And my pastor goes on to say this, perhaps Dreer could visit a Logos school Friday night football game or try attending our annual block party where everybody is welcome and the tri-tip is free. 
Thousands come out to the event, I believe close to 4,000. And there are psalm sings there and dancing and bubble machines for the kids. Or he could try the Andes, the new St. Andrew talent show. That should break a few stereotypes there. Or he could visit the Canon Press warehouse where countless books on marriage and family are shipped all over the world. And here's how my pastor ends. Or he could just talk to us. Now, here's what happened. Now, this is where, again, I want to make it very clear. Rod, this ain't about you, but unfortunately, I'm going to use you to make my point. Oh, Pastor Wilson goes on to say, hey, we'll pay your trip. We'll pay for your expenses. We'll make sure that you can have a speaking fee. You can come out to the Sabbath dinner and we'll make sure that you're protected the whole time you're out here. So, Rod, the, the olive branch is extended. Come on out. And I thought for a second about this. And this is where the title of this show comes from. The title of this show is an argument 40 years or so in the making. Because what I began to realize as I was driving down that hill with my wife going down to Lewiston was that you can't make the argument that Pastor Wilson just made unless you have 40 years of faithfulness to back it up. Logos School, Logos School didn't come out of nowhere. Logos, and I'm, I'm, I just want to deal with the institutions here for a second. Logos School came out of Pastor Wilson saying he was doing an event and the homosexuals and the LGBT folks that were there who were protesting the event told him, that's okay, in 20 years we'll have your kids. And his response to them was, not mine, you won't. And there was the birth of Logos School. And so he created a school for his kids to be able to get educated because they were Christians. So he decided to give Christians' kids a Christian education, starting with his own. Well, what happens was his kids started getting older and started getting ready to go to college. Well, I guess it's time to start a college. And that's where NSA was born. And so when Rod makes the, the argument is all of the world to become Moscow, I'm thinking to myself, like, hey, man, Moscow ain't so bad, right? Like, I like Moscow. It's pretty, it's been really good to me. The people here have been really good to me. The gospel has been preached here. My world has changed. I've learned how to be a man from a lot of these men that nobody here has ever known. You can take all the people at the top that everybody knows who does stuff here at Moscow. You take all those guys. Those guys are huge and they're blessings. And you move them all off to the side. And the people who have been some of the most impactful in my life on masculinity have been folks that no one here knows. Yuri, I see Yuri. And so I think Moscow's pretty good. When you can, when you can, um, when ACCS and a, a huge impact of classical education and homeschooling and content is being birthed out of here, you got to look and say, well, what's, what is God doing over there? So I don't have a problem with all the world turns into Moscow. I know it, there's a blessing that's there, but my point is that Pastor Wilson can't make the argument for Rod Dreher to come out here and to partake in what God is doing out here if there hasn't been an argument that's been made for 40 years. He had to start the schools. He had to start, um, well, actually, even before the schools, he had to start with faithful preaching and, and 
faithfulness to his, in his church and faithfulness to his wife and faithfulness to his children. And I was thinking to myself, what is the kind of argument that I'm going to be able to make in the next 40 years to somebody who is doubting what Christian faithfulness looks like in the world? And this is where I really want to turn the corner because this isn't about Rod at all. It's not about you, Rod. It's not. This is about this is what I want to think about with you guys tonight. Everything that we are doing right now. And I think about this when Paul talks about the family structure, he breaks out the hierarchy. Oh, I can't remember if it's in Titus or Timothy. Jason's told me so many times. And one of the things that you guys, if you want to speak inside of the spaces, go ahead. I'll, I'll invite you guys in to speak. But one of the things that Paul does, he's like, hey, just so you know, women being faithful to their husbands, obeying their husbands, raising their children, in fear and admonition of the Lord shuts the mouth of the pagans. It shuts the mouth of those that have anything to say. And so in order for us to be able to make a great argument, Christian faithfulness has to be at the forefront of what we're doing right now. And I'm, I've been thinking about this. It's like, you can't, if you, the block party that we're doing from Grace Agenda had to come from some, a whole lot of other building and other places. And they just started doing that since, oh man, in the last three or four years, maybe with the Grace Agenda block party, maybe three years. That's not something that just popped up and happened. There's been a lot of Christian faithfulness. And this is what gets me, just so you know, there's a lot of people. And, and there's some, some of my buddies and friends that I love are talking about Christian faithfulness is the most important thing out there. And this is, I want to say this. Yes, Christian faithfulness is important, but don't separate Christian faithfulness from covenant faithfulness and blessing and curses. When you are faithful, and you obey what God has told you, obey, blessings come with that. That's the fifth commandment. Obey your father and mother that your days may be long on the earth, which the Lord your God has given you. Christian faithfulness, Christian faithfulness actually has an outcome to it. It's not just in your head and in your heart. No, it bleeds all the way out into your fingertips. And so if we are going, to, so the first place that I want to be able to make, I'm like, man, what, I've been married Nine, almost 19 years. And I was thinking about this. My marriage to my love for my wife, my faithfulness to my wife, my consistent godly living before her is an argument of faithfulness of the blessings of God that has been 18 years in the making and still going. And I was going to say, like, men, husbands and fathers, you are making an unbeatable argument in your Christian faithful, faithfulness to your wife and to raising your children in the family admonition of the Lord. Huge. Juan, we need more live CP in our lives. I hear you, bro. We're working on it. We're working on it. Everything is an argument. And, that, and, and what, what happens in 50 and 60 years making those arguments? I was thinking about this. My kids, my kids, when I have grandkids, no, you can't post comments on some destination. When I have grandkids, they are going to be an argument of godly, faithful living that obedience to God breeds success. And so long as you stay faithful to God, he will bless you. And we are forgetting that those, so when we talk about power and how to get, how do we affect society and how do we uh, have power and take over the government and all that stuff, faithful living 
faithful living produces the blessings of God. It's a, it's a, it's a prerequisite to the covenant. And everybody acts like, well, there's no curses in the New Testament. Of course there are. There's no blessings in the New Testament. Of course there are. And as you are faithful to God, you're making an argument for to be able to use in your conversations to shut the mouths of people when they challenge, well, <laughs> this Christian nationalism stuff. What, how, how do you think that's going to work? Well, I'm going to live faithful, honor God. And as I take responsibility, authority is going to flow to me. And then I'm going to live godly and righteous and, and I'm going to rule well. I'm not going to take a bribe. There's an outcome to that. It doesn't just, it's not just, it's, it's uh, your position in your home as a husband, as a father qualifies you to be or not uh, in the position of authority. Somebody Juan said, bruh, if our seven children each have seven faithful children and their children have fa seven faithful children. That's right, Juan, you ain't lying. That's right. All right, let me see who's in here. Nobody's, nobody, I got all these people in Twitter spaces and nobody wants to speak. I see you. Okay, that's fine. I can, I can keep going. So I just want you guys to know that don't, and, and this is all I really came to say today because I didn't plan on having a very long show, but I just wanted to, to, to make you understand the moment, the now, not to be Gnostic. Every moment that you are living in this life, you are making an argument of faithfulness or not. The small things, changing diapers, I always think about changing diapers because it seems like one of the most gross things to do for a human being. And when I think changing diapers, I'm not just talking about changing diapers for babies. Some of us are at the place now that we're going to be changing diapers for our own parents. Don't, don't, don't give that responsibility off to somebody else. Take that responsibility and let it humble you. Learn to love your parents. Learn to be faithful. I mean, that's, you're making an argument there. Every small thing that you're doing, you're creating an argument that over time is, uh, these kind of arguments are like wine. These, these faithful arguments, these, the, uh, having family worship with your kids, they're like wine that over time they produce a certain form of potency. Pastor Wilson couldn't ask Rodrier to come out here if he hadn't been building something. Pastor Wilson couldn't say, hey, uh, why don't you come taste and see what we're doing out here that it isn't what you think unless he had been building something. And so what are, what is the argument that you're making And every day, everything you do, you're making a particular type of argument. And I, the question I want to have for you, are you making a good argument that has the kind of foundation that you can offer somebody like Drew to come out and see what you're building? Or are you making the kind of argument with your life that says, yeah, I'm just talking it, but I don't really have anything for anybody to really plop down on and test and see that it works. And I'm saying that right now, that's all I'm testing out. And so everybody, I don't care who you are, even my friends inside the Christian Nationals group, I want to say, show me what you built. Show me your argument. Right? The humble home. I'm going to read this. The humble home just said, I just had a really hard day with a clingy, teething infant, and sometimes I'm tempted to see my days as worthless. But you're so right. It's being faithful in the small things in all things. Mm. Way to go, mom. That's tough. That is a tough. That I, Look, I've been there. I praise God for my wife who's handled those really, really late nights. But, um, you know, th that, is, that is the kind of glory that pays back tenfold. And that's the kind of glory, I think a lot of times, that, um, that God rewards that men can't. 
So when you're dealing with a teething child and somebody who is uh, trying to figure out how to become more mature and, and doesn't know, and they're crying and they don't know how to deal with pain and you're sitting there and loving on that child, those are the kind of things and those are the kind of arguments that God rewards you for that man will never be able to give you the proper reward for that. Because what you're doing is teaching that little child of what it looks like to be loved in trouble. Right. Um, I was just watching Kurt Franklin's documentary, a short piece of it last night. And I think he's calling his new doc. Um, he's calling his new doc uh, fatherhood or his new uh, album father father's day. And one of the points that he made inside of the doc was I was so insecure in everything I did and fought for the approval of everything uh, from everybody because I never really had parents or a father. I was, I was, was adopted. And the things that moms do, oh, what an argument. Who's, who's going to beat that? And that? That kind of thing says, I just want you to know, it might not feel like it, but that's the kind of things that shuts the mouth of pagans. There was a, oh, I just got to say this. Humble Home, I watched a piece where people were asking folks, hey, would you kill somebody to protect your child? Or would you kill uh, for your children if they were in danger or something like that? And all these people were saying no. No, I wouldn't do it. No. And I was just like, we are so in a Romans world environment where the women have lost their natural desire to be mothers and to love their children. And um, I see you here, Adrian D. Heath. I'm going to give you a chance to speak. Uh, I'm going to let you in. You go ahead and mute your mic. Um, we've lost our natural desire that even to protect the life of their own child, they wouldn't kill someone. And I'm like, my wife is a whole another way around. She like, I'll kill anybody who won't kill someone else to protect their own child. And I'll take your baby and raise him for myself. So, yeah, I'm praying for you, sis. I pray that you have a lovely evening. Chris Brown, this is so great conversation, but I need to dip out. Sorry, Chris. Family worship time. Chris, Chris, go make that argument, boy. He's going to family worship time. You know what that is? Chris, Chris Brown about to go make a, a Christian argument. Uh-oh. That was uh, Adrian Heath. I don't know what's going on with your mic, but yeah, you were coming through. I actually tell my husband, get my concealed carry. Don't play with mine. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Y'all, hey, listen, everybody right now, uh, remember Humble Home in your prayers as she's taking care of a little one. You know what? We don't, the, the value of, oh, I got to tell you what I just read. Okay. Hey, um, Adrian Heath, are you there? Okay, his mic is. Try and reconnect, Adrian, and um, we'll we'll get you in here. All right, I see another one. We have Zachary Griffin. Zachary, you have the floor, sir. I got you, Zach. Go ahead and unmute your mic, Zach, because your mic is muted. Here we go. All right. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, I got you. Yes. All right. I'm just kind of popping in for a second. I apologize. I didn't get the whole context of the show. Um, but one thing I want to say is uh, we and you actually had a conversation in Coeur d'Alene once where my wife and I um, were kind of new to the whole Reformed theology and all that. And we had mentioned that 
uh, the post-millennialism is what got us first. And you had actually mentioned that that's where it starts and eventually everything kind of comes together. Um, I, <laughs> you were definitely right. It has actually come together quite a bit, all the other aspects of it. Um, but in the, in the topic of like a, a, a long-term fruit, one thing that was a big argument for my wife and I was just seeing the fruit of focusing on the family and having a, a biblical order of things. And when you go to a church and you see that, which we went to a CREC church up in Coeur d'Alene and, um, seeing that not just the the parents were worshiping God, but the kids were also with them and it was a whole family worshiping God. And then you go and you see them outside of church and they're living a biblical um, life in this covenant family. It, it, the, the real fruit of that and the best argument is when you actually see the fruit of what's coming from that lifestyle. Mm. And to my wife and I, anyway, that was the, the best argument was like, well, we want our kids to know of knowing God. And if following this pattern leads to that, then that's, that's where the real fruit is. And just um, all I want as a father is for my kids to grow up knowing God. And after seeing that, again, it's, it's a long-term kind of thing. You know, it doesn't look great when you're changing diapers and you're, you know, dealing with teething issues and all these, you know, smaller issues. But when you're raising them to know God, that's where the really the best argument comes from. It's just seeing the fruit in the family and how that produces over time. You know what? That's really good. That's really good, Zach. Um, was this when uh was that when we had the guys from the Babylon Bee out there that we met? Yes, sir. And you, you, so you're the one who brought us all that good uh, tobacco. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, you know I what, did. brother? Let me pray for you right now. God, in the name, I'm just want you to be blessed, brother. Highly favored. May your may your tribe increase. Make sure that uh, I just very <laughs> grateful for all that good tobacco. Good talking to you again, Zach. Thank you. Thanks. Um. I, I just want to piggyback on what Zach said and, and say something. I was sitting at my dinner table maybe about three weeks ago, uh, maybe longer, maybe a month ago. And my children, I, I have seven children. My oldest is 15, about to be 16, and then just go two years all the way down till you get to the three-year-old. And at my table for two hours, we laughed. We talked rich theology. We mocked a bunch of pagans. We talked about the beauty of the gospel. We talked about um, literary stuff that I don't even know why, how my kids know or learned and so grateful for Logos. And at my table, we were having high form comedy that was fast paced, full of glory and cheer. And nobody wanted to leave. It just was overwhelming. And I sat there for like, 15 minutes or so afterwards, just blown away at the blessings of God in that moment. And I was trying my best not to break down in tears because <sighs> this was something that's not, that I haven't seen in my family, you know? And so to see it in my family and to see the blessings of God saturate my family to have kids that love the Lord and that are seeking to love God and are chasing after him and that are funny and then are making Christian internal jokes, <laughs> you know, and I'm just, they're so fast. I can't even keep up with them myself. And my son, who's got a concussion, he's in and engaging with it. And he's so, even in his concussion and his illness right now, he is just so quick. Um, and I'm like, I, I see what this, I see the blessings of God in my house. And I thought to myself, 
man, they better watch out when God unleashes these kids from my home. It gave me so much hope for the future because I know that I'm not the only person raising kids like this. I'm in a community of other people who are making long-term arguments with their family. I particularly want to talk to, man, when you look out there and you see your wife in, in the field, I, yeah, I'm going to brag on my wife for a little bit. I'm going to see, matter of fact, I'm going to see if I can get my wife to, to come in to these chat. Um, oh, wait, that's probably a mistake. <laughs> uh, oh, I don't see her. She's not, well, I can't get her to come in. I'll invite her to speak. How about that? Uh, there it goes. I can invite her to speak. Okay, I just invited my wife to the Spaces chat, which, by the way, is pretty cool. Um, and so, but when my when my wife is around, people like her more than they like me. So, if you're going to be at the Fight Laugh Feast conference, um, and you meet my wife and my kids, you'll you'll easily forget about me, like easily, because she is so fun to be around, and. I was going, and so my kids, when they're out, I, I was going, there's a restaurant we go to, and someone thought that these kids that were coming in were my kids, because there's not a whole lot of black kids there. <laughs> and so they were like, are these your kids? And they gave me great high praise and compliments about my children. And and I was just thinking like, you know what? My children, my wife, my employees all the things that God has given me. I want you to think about the, your work. Is your work an argument or does your employer look at your work and say, yeah, his God is horrible or he can't, he's not consistent in all his worldview or, or do you work in such a way where like, look, I don't even like this guy, but boy, he makes a great argument for the God that he serves. Are you the kind of boss that actually makes the great argument for the reality that you, you, you have as a Christian and, and, Man, it's this is just blowing my mind. We're not going to our arguments are based in our ability to be able to be faithful in real life before God. Not just faithful in your thoughts. That's one thing, yes, for sure. But actually faithful in real tangible things. Are you faithful with your money? Are you faithful with tithing? Do you care about the poor? Do you care about um people getting ripped off? Do you care about people robbing from your, do you, how do you exercise that in real life? And are you faithful to that? And those type of things create an argument that other people can't fight again. Let me see if my wife can't get in the room. I don't see her. Cause y'all, it should be a hoot if I can get her in here. All right. I'm gonna go check the comments. Oh, my guy's listening from American Samoa. What's up? Um, Guys, if you have, if there's anything you want to add to this conversation, feel free to jump in. I'm going to put you in the chats inside of Spaces. Virgil Walker just came in here. So, you know, I got to invite him. And Virgil, I'm going to give you, I'm going to, I'm going to give you kind of the update of what I've been saying so you don't feel left out. But basically I've been making the case. Um, hey, Josiah. Um, I've been trying to make the case that if we want to be able to do what Pastor Wilson did with Rodrier, which was invite him to come out and taste and see what's been built. That's ultimately, everybody's going to have criticism of what you do. 
everybody is going to have some sort of critique of what you do. When you're, when you're doing, oh, I got to talk about this. When you are building, there will always be people to tell you to get off the wall. And this is not, I'm not saying this what Rod is doing. Rod has critiques. And I think that those might be fair critiques. I just want him to come out here to Moscow and talk to us about them. But when you are building something, people will always come to tell you to get off the wall or you're doing it wrong. But after it's built, it itself is an argument in testament of you being right. And you don't have to be pity and uh, you don't have to be petty with things. You can say, look, man, I know you don't think the way that I do, but let me show you what I built, though. Look, you can, is the wall strong? Is the singing good? Are people singing psalms around here? Do we have 4,000 people in the streets? You want to know, you want to, okay, you want to, um, you want to know Christian nationalism, our type of Christian nationalism? I, I don't claim to be a Christian nationalist at all. But if you want to know what it looks like, you know, there's a place where you can come and see it. Like if you want to know what post-millennialism really is and how it operates and functions, instead of arguing about, well, you're going to enforce the first table of the law or the second table of the law. Yo, we, we ain't even there. We ain't even there. What are you talking about? Why don't you come and get some of this free tri-tip, my guy? Why don't you come sing some songs and some have some beer with us, my guy? Why don't you come in these streets and hear these talent shows from these schools? Why don't you watch all these thousands of kids get educated, my guy? How, do, how come you don't point to those things and say, oh, that's horrible that they educate so many children? <laughs> get out of here. You know, that's not a great argument. Let's, so as Christians, I want us to make our arguments on the, what does your faith do? I don't want to hear about all your, how solid your theology is. I really don't want to hear about how much you got it right close to the reformers. That's cool, my guy. I want to see what it is you build with your faith. What does it do? What does your faith do? Is it, does it create a form of faithfulness to, for people? Does it provide, uh, this is James, right? Show me through your works. If you got faith, it should produce something. Oh, we are, we are absolute fantastic critiquers inside of Christendom, aren't we? Virgil, I know you're getting ready for, I keep on inviting you to speak. You must be in a place you can't speak. We are great critiquers of everybody. Virgil walking in the room, everybody. He's trying to ignore me. Oh, Pastor Toby just retweeted this space. I hope Pastor Toby come in here. I love that. But this ain't a time for talking. The talking, oh, Virgin popped in. The time for talking happened. I've been in this game for a long time. And so I'm happy that when the new guys come in and they want to talk about a bunch of theology and fight over that stuff. I love that. I really encourage that. Go do it. I'm going to let a lot of y'all have that. Because yeah. I, I want to, oh, oh, oh Virgin, amen me. Come on now. Hey. Preach, preach up. Uh, I want to know how are we going to win the world for Jesus? Show me what that looks like. Virgil, you want to throw something in there? No, man. I'm just, I'm just, it's late. I'm I'm uh leaving the uh the GICC, man. I saw you were doing your thing and I just came to support, man. Love it, love it. You know, you know I'm all about that life, bro. It's like, what are we, what are we doing? Let's let's stop talking, let's start doing. Um, I want to link up with people who are doing. That's why I link up with you. So that's what's up. All right, so so here it is. G3 is about to start. It's going down. Yep. How's it yep. looking? What are you excited about? It looks it looks great, man. I'm I'm just driving out of the parking lot, and they've got a massive tent that they're putting up. Uh, it'll, it'll 
have 1,900 people, 2,000 people in there will be eating and fellowshipping and hanging out. And they'll be, they, uh, in the morning, they'll set more than 8,000 chairs in the, in the building. And uh, it's good. My, my voice is shot. I've been running everywhere today trying to handle a ton of things. And it only gears up tomorrow and, uh, and the next day and the next until everybody's here. But uh, they started at 4 a.m., uh, just now kicked off. It's it's eight it's eight o'clock Eastern here. Well, I'll go in my room, uh, get a bite to eat, and grind for the next two or three hours until I fall asleep. So that's that. <laughs> that's that's what it's about, man. I mean, it's what are you doing? Like, what are you what are you making happen for others, man? And so, you know, the the, the co- conferences are great. They're great. Folks are going to come and get energized, and they should. But at the end of the day, what are they going back to build? And um, that's what I can't wait to, to meet with people here and talk about, you know, uh, folks who are coming, folks who are who, who want to do something, who want to make a difference. I can't wait to connect with those people um, and, and for us to talk about, you know, next steps. How do we how do we push forward, man? I'm, I'm, I'm good with theology. I love theology. I got me where I'm at. But, man, it's time to talk about what are we doing? And uh, that's what that's what I'm about. So, yeah. And, and, and you know what? And this is why. Oh man, I'm gonna tell you, Virgil. The only, the only. So, are you gonna do those, um, those uh, post G three conversations with me, or what? What's gonna happen? Are you guys gonna do those, or what's gonna happen? It'll be, it'll be a both end. It'll be a both end. I'm sure that the guys want to do something, and I'll connect with, you know, with Josh and uh, and Scott, and we'll do something kind of formal, and then you and I get together and chop up the chop chop wood on some, some other stuff, and 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 it's it'll be good, man. We okay. can talk about whatever. I'm down. For- so I'll be I'll be rested and energized. I'll, I'll get my happy pills and keep it moving. I'll be we'll be up around the clock and and have a great time, man. It'll be good. I only have I, what's the pre conference? Pre conference starts. Gosh, uh, starts at nine o'clock on Wednesday. There are multiple pre conferences. I know everybody is is thinking about the uh, the the gospel in the state. Uh, the GBTS guys are are running that, and then I've got uh, there's a Spanish pre conference as well, and then the guys from TMS uh, that'll be there. The Master Seminary will be there that evening, and MacArthur will join us uh, via video Skype, and then we also have uh, Harry Walls who'll be doing some conversation. So it'll be it'll start at nine, and it'll end at about nine in the evening, and then we, we get some rest and start all over again the following day for the for the main conference. I'm looking forward to that one. I, that's the only one I think that um, there might be some sparks that fly on the first on the 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 uh, go, uh, gospel in the state or the church in the state. Is that what's called? Yeah, that's gonna be that'll be good, man. I, I, I think it will. What I, what I hope, I think it will too. What I'm looking forward to, man, is just respectful debate, and and so I just, uh, you know, I love the guys on the other side. I just feel like there's such a lack of respect, and so uh, anxious to get in the room where guys who are respectful and uh, can engage and 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 are intellectually honest will will do that, and uh, you know, we'll see where that goes. Can I talk about that for Go a minute? Ahead. I I want, I want to talk about that for a minute because I and this is, oh man. Um, I've been watching the conversation go back and forth, and I think everybody knows it's messy, sure. and it's probably more messier sure. now than it ever been because of social media being what it is, right? Um, and yes, and so yes. we, we can have it in ways that we couldn't have it even ten years ago with uh, Young Wrestlers and Reform, right? It's different. We've been blogging at that time, now it's a podcast, yep. and everybody's got their own stages. But um, I I think that there is a I watched a lot. I talked about this as it relates to social justice movement, but I watched a lot of the OGs in the Young Wrestlers and Reform guys, uh, the mo- that whole movement, not do a great job of discipleship. 
what I saw right. was those guys do a really good job of critiquing publicly and then doing sure. the same sort of critiques and behind the stage, but wasn't really doing yep. a lot of, okay, let me, let me, let me disciple you young buck. Like, like, let, let me, let me bring you. And I, I think that right now we're facing the same thing. I saw the same thing with the young wrestling reform groups. I saw the same thing when it came to the social justice movement. And I feel like I'm seeing the same thing right now where a lot of young guys are coming in that see the responsibility that Christians have to the land that they live in and are just, they're, 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 they're cage stage, right? Um, yes. They're cage stage. And, and I don't think that they are necessarily the wrong. Some of the ways that they're phrasing their engaged, they're trying to figure it out. And I don't think, yes. I think if you have the divorce of godly men coming alongside them, even when they disagree with them, that I think you're going sure. to get a different kind of animal and beast than what you really want because there's no maturity that's yeah. going to get into this, you know? Yeah, I'm with you. I think what's different, though, is because of the age of social media, people are able to build platforms a lot more quickly than ever before. Uh, even, I mean, even even five years ago, eight years ago, it took a while to build your following on Twitter or on you know, Facebook or what have you, or you had to have a podcast and it had to be incredibly popular before you, you actually had an opportunity to grow any kind of a following. Now guys can find a topic, uh, get on, on a platform and grow exponentially overnight. And what happens more times than not when that takes place is they feel like they don't need to talk to nobody. Like I just grew, I just grew 20,000 followers on Twitter. I don't need you to disciple me. Like I, I got this. I know what winning looks like. And so um, you're, you're, you're the old one. You you don't, you don't know any better. Sit down, be quiet, go somewhere uh, with that. That's, that's kind of what's, you know, the kind of thing that's happening now. And again, I'm not, not pointing fingers at anybody. I think that's just the nature and, and whether, whether it's in the area of, of, of CN where we are or, or any other arena, you're seeing that there's a, there's just a disconnect between those, those who are younger and have grown a, grown a platform, have a voice, um, and feel like they don't need to listen to, to, to anyone. And those of us who, who did, who, who had respect for those who were, who were ahead of us and, you know, we looked to them and, and, and kind of got guidance from them. And, and I, at the end of the day, I get it. I get where people are. I'm okay with that. And I'm open to discipling those who want to be. Uh, and, but I won't waste time engaging nonsense. Um, and, and again, people, people may accuse me of, of being one who, who, who's, you know, who, who created nonsense. And I'm, man, if, if I'm guilty, you know, you know me well enough and others who do know me well enough know that I'm the first to say, hey, my bad, I, I missed it. Let's fix it and let's move forward. But that's not where we are. So mm. I get it. It's all it's all good. I'm going to keep it moving and pushing with the folks who want to. And uh, I, I don't have I'm, I'm, I'm an older cat. So I've, I've only got so many years, man, to make such a dip for, mm. for the sake of the kingdom and gospel. And, and I, I plan on using as much energy as possible in that direction rather than trying to debate other believers. So. Yeah. I, 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 look, I, like I said earlier, I'm, um, I don't mind. I really don't mind the debate. I really don't like, I, I'm good for it. I think though that I've come to a place now where it's like, okay, it's good. Y'all, y'all, y'all go debate. I've been Virgil, you know me, like I've been on, on this side of the debate of the enemy for, since you've known me. Like, so, yeah. <laughs> so I've said, Trying to recruit, recruit me from from the gate, like that's all we know. Right? <laughs> so I've been, so I'm happy to see that the conversation is moving there. So we'll talk, we'll talk more next week on just the whole. Th I'm looking forward to being out there with you guys. I'm grateful to be there, and yeah. um, 
and yep. we'll figure out how we can do these evening. I'm gonna do them by myself, but I love to have y'all part of them anyway. So, and it, I'm gonna I'm I'm jump on if you let me, man. Oh, so of that's course, what's up. of course. And we're gonna do them yep. live. We're gonna do a, we're gonna keep it all the way 100 so people can jump in with us. Yes, that's Virgil who's joined us, Jed. Everybody, it's that Virgil. Yes, it's Virgil Walker. You know whose voice? <laughs> don't act like you don't know whose voice that is, Jed. <laughs> uh, um, I got a rest and you be good. I appreciate you letting me on, Doc. All right, appreciate you, man. Y'all have a good one. All right, so Virg Virgil made it. Uh, I, hey, I see some friends from Moscow's in here. Hey, Megan, Haney, she's in here. What's up, sis? All right, so uh, I've been gone long enough. I don't need to say anything else. Uh, I said all that I want to say, but I wanted y'all to jump in. So here's here's the recap. Let me let me let me recap all this for you. Maybe somebody else wants to jump in while I'm recapping. Here's the deal. The more that we understand that our faithfulness to God is an argument to shut the mouth of the unbelievers, the more that we're going to win. We are this is not that hard of a thing. And the longer you are faithful, the better and longer the argument is. I got 19 years under my belt with my wife. That's a pretty great argument. I got seven kids that love the Lord. They all baptize. It's a really great argument. Here's the deal. <laughs> Those arguments are only going to be better over the next 15 years. As I stay faithful, and here's what I mean by faithfulness too. I mean repenting of sin. That's what I mean. I'm not saying you're going to be perfect, but when you, when you have sin in your life and you've come to, to sin, you repent of it and you show your kids what to do with it so there's no shame that can be held over you. That's what I'm talking about with faithfulness. It's like, I stumbled on the way to glorify God. I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me. Make me clean, wash me. You get up and you start running this the right direction again. That's what you do. And you teach your kids to do that. And you raise your kids that way. David Beckham just said, amen. Thank you, sir. And, uh, Jacob, I'm not talking about you. Although, if it applies, if the shoe fits Jacob, then wear it. <laughs> oh, somebody just, here, here we go. Let me bring this person in. Regular man, you uh, just got the rights to speak, sir. The floor is yours. Okay, he's not coming in yet. So, those... um. Yeah, I am doing everything up in here. I'm actually inviting people to speak. I'm talking to people on the, the, the YouTube threads and Facebook threads. Uh, I am doing everything. So if I lose a train of thought, y'all work me. I'm just trying to figure out how to make sure that we can have some dialogue. But my whole point is this. That faithfulness over time becomes a huge force. And nobody can speak against it. And if you're not practicing faithfulness to God right now, you're not going to be able to make those kind of arguments. You're not going to be able to make those arguments about my Christian kids have a Christian education and they live Christian lives before God and they have plenty of kids that now serve in our community, that are now mayors in our cities, that are now on our city council, that are police officers in our cities, that are our governors and congressmen in our cities. Lauren Boebert, that's the argument that we've been making lately. That's our arguments. Our argument is, hey... Here's our best. A lady who has left her, her children has a child, a 17-year-old who's having a baby and left her husband and is getting felt up inside of a, 
a theater. That's our that's our that's our argument. So we we I we we need to start over all the way from the beginning in making an argument that can stand the test of time that if you have to send it to somebody like Rod, you can say, Rod, here's the invite, all expenses paid. Here's 40 years of our argument that you get to argue with. Vinny, you have the floor. Go ahead, sir. Uh, thanks, uh, Chocolate Knox, dude. I just followed you, by the way. What's your name, sir? How are you? All right. So, bye, Vinny. We're just going to remove him from the speaker list. Um, that didn't, that just, maybe it was me, but did that, that, did that sound weird to anybody else? And I was just afraid of like, well, what's coming? Look, if you sound weird like that, just, I'm just going to hang up on you. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you right now. I ain't going to play it. Uh, that was just weird to me. And if I, if I get the weird vibes, you go. I ain't playing it. So if you give me the weird vibes, I'm just going to give you. So just so you know, don't be mad at me when you come on here acting weird. Sounded AI. Yeah, it did sound a little AI. This is a weird AI. All right. I'm just going to see if he was all in this space with me real quick, if you don't mind. Um, all right. So now nah, I'm dead. All right. AI vibes. Yeah, it was AI vibes. Well, yeah, this is so. I was saying something. Oh, so, uh, listener, listener, request. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, regular man ministry, you sent a request and I've invited you to speak, but it doesn't seem like that you've taken your speaker opportunity. So I'm just going to assume you don't have nothing else to say. All right, regular man. Thanks for stopping in. So the, here's, here's my promise to you guys. Every day of the week. Um, I'm reading a comment right now. I'll just put it on the screen for you guys. Would faithfulness to God be to gently and kindly correct a fellow brother who refuses to disassociate with who believe in the federal vision heresy? <laughs> that was a good one. All right, who's got the mic? Who's got the mic? Oh, regular man. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, what's up, man? Okay, you are. All right, what's up, bro? You got the floor. <laughs> Hey, I, uh, I gotta tell you, man, I love you on uh, Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I love what you're doing, and I love that you and uh, Virgil just come together. Who cares about all this eschatology that you agree or disagree? Man, we're Christians. Oh, no, I don't, together, I don't you know no, I mean? no, 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 no. Let me tell you right now, regular man, uh, we, I, we don't agree to disagree. Virgil is wrong. And and it's okay that he's wrong. <laughs> it's okay that Virgil is wrong. I, I love him, but is he here? Is he still here? Uh, no, but he'll hear about this, and I'll tell him. I mean, they know they're okay, wrong. Yeah, yeah. They're not, now that he's not here, now no, that he's not here. You're I, look, I'll tell him. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell Virgil. I've already told Virgil he's wrong, and he knows it, and he'll tell me that I'm wrong. But I know he's wrong because he look at look at what G three is doing. There's this. This is so post mill, dude. It's not even funny. It's so post-millennial. And this is what I love. Okay, I'm going to let you finish your point, but I got to say this, and then I'll let you finish, all right? Uh, post-millennialism is, it is not a prerequisite that you become post-millennial in order for post-millennialism to be true. All right? <laughs> so everything works in my favor. People who preach the gospel 
believe in post-millennialism because they know, expect an outcome to happen from it towards the glory of God in that end. So anyway, so that's, that's what's lovely about being post-millennial. All right, regular man, you have the floor back. I actually agree with you 100%. Because I, I was about to cut you off, you didn't. But uh, go ahead. <laughs> well, I'm not going to get all weird like the other dude with the AI weird sounding <laughs> stuff. I, I'm just, I'm, I just wanted to say, man, I totally love what you're doing. I love that you're opening this up for everybody. Um, and I, man, I, I wish that more people understood what the post mill under the post mill theology of scripture. If you even if you disagree, man, you should be on board. Like you should be completely on board with people who are Christians making decisions for the betterment of the culture that you live in, because there is no culture that is beneficial more that benefits more than when Christians are in charge. You know what I mean? I do. I, 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 you, you, you get the amen from me. Preach, preach up. <laughs> anyway, I love what you're doing. I love uh, the um, you and uh, TJ and Waterboy. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. And uh, uh, yeah, you, you definitely got, you definitely got a fan. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you for listening. Thank you for coming. Most people ain't as bold as you are. I just want to say that regularly. Most people ain't as bold as you. They just sit up here and listen, don't want to engage. But Michael, Michael is here and he got something to say. Michael, uh, go ahead and unmute your mic. You got the floor, sir. Hey, good evening, Ox. Uh, I appreciate you giving me uh, time to speak. So I love your show, The Knox Unplugged. Look forward to it every week. It's one of the things I share the most. You're the, uh, you're, the, you're the one listener that listens. Praise God for you, man. <laughs> Go ahead. You, you have the floor. I also really like um, Nate Wilson's show, The Stories Are Soul Food. Yes. And, and connecting these ideas, one of the things you mentioned recently with Jason Farley was, oh, I guess Jason was talking about it, that he said that only maybe one out of 10 times that he has a uh, gospel encounter sharing the gospel with somebody or witnessing, is it actually just a pure, rational, logical argument the rest of the time? It's just a story. And I've only been in this space for a couple of minutes. I only caught the tail end of what you're saying before you opened up the floor. But what I'm getting is maybe this is something you could, you could kind of keep talking about is that that 40 year argument is your experience and that's your story. And so your greatest argument, your evangelical argument to share the gospel is your life story and your experience. And I'm starting to see that in my life as I've grown in my faith. And so I hope I'm not imposing my personal experience on other people. But when I grew up, when I was in middle school, high school, growing up in the Southern Bible Belt evangelical space, it seemed like the goal was to be this kind of better Christian and be able to share the gospel with strangers and street preach. And now I'm seeing that I don't have time to do that because I have six kids, six and under, and I have my wife and I'm working full time. So I don't have, I don't have time for myself. I don't have time for anything, but the story is you have six kids. What's wrong with you? Why are you crazy? Cause that contrast is massive. And then when we take six kids to the grocery store, there's a massive contrast, again, between how our kids behave versus other kids. And kids at the park are different from our kids. And so we're seeing 
that being translated. And I think I've had maybe one or two conversations in the past nine years that were about the problem of good from a logical standpoint. But it's very often that I'm having these discussions about the way that we live our lives and the way that we raise our kids and why we don't put them in public school and things along that line. Is that where, where this is coming from? Uh, that wasn't exactly my point, but I think that it is definitely a point that can be made in here. I think that is some of my point. Yeah. You know, part of, part of, um, I, there is, uh, I think people for too long have assumed that there's only one way to, to do gospel. Um, and, or that there's only one way to get the gospel to people, but that's just not true. Um, the, when, when the lady, when my daughter goes into this place and she acts very kind and, uh, she's cordial, which is not necessarily a gospel thing, although we would spank her because she's not obeying her parents, which would be a gospel thing. But she comes back to me, the lady comes back to me when she sees me, she's like, your daughter, she's so well-trained. What did you do? Oh man, they just gave me the opportunity to tell them what I did. It's like, well, I told the lady, I said, listen, we're Christians. And so we love Jesus because Christ has done so much for us. How can we not be grateful and give our children to Jesus? And so the truth is, uh, we teach her to love Jesus. We teach her about God's law and that she was a sinner. And I, I go through and I, and I fairly make it quick and lay out for her as like, basically, and then I sum it up. I tell her the whole thing. And I, t I summed it up. I was like, you know what? It's really simple. I was like, we baptize our daughter, we spank her when she doesn't obey God, and then we teach her what it looks like to obey God. And it's amazing how that they learn what you teach them. And so <clears throat> we teach our daughter to act like a person who has been bought and purchased by Christ. And that has implications on how she treats other people. <laughs> They're made in the image of God. And so, and so it, those, those, uh, so that is, I guess it is, you know, when I think about it, Michael, that's kind of what I was saying. But there is an argument that is being made by mothers like our sister earlier. Um, oh, uh, what was it? The humble home who is sitting up there with a teething baby. All the work that she's doing is producing. It's an argument that she's making that when that child turns, I don't know, when you pick the age, let's say, let's just say 18 to 20. And that child grows up strong, Christian fears the Lord and when see somebody doing something that is wrong is going to say, you can't do that. God says you can't do that. And since you're made in the image of God, you need to repent and obey him. Why are you acting like this? Why are you acting like that? You are an image bearer of the creator. You don't get to act like that. God will judge you for acting like this. But don't worry, there's a way for you to escape his judgment. If you repent and trust in Christ and turn from your sins, he will give you a new heart. Right? This child, I mean... That is an argument that she's making. That was an argument that she was carrying in her womb for nine months. And so in the same way, and it's my whole, um, my whole point was just to say that everything we are doing, every moment that we are with our families, every, none of the things that we do in the name of Christ go to waste. Not one thing. And God uses those things for his glory. They are gospel arguments to the testament of his faithfulness. When you see my home and you see the, the joyful celebration and the happy children who love being there, who love each other and repent to each other without mom and dad having to tell them, you are looking at the faithfulness of my wife to garden our home so well. 
You're looking at the breastfeeding that has gone on. You're looking at the diapers that have been changed. You're looking at the nine months of caring of seven kids. You're looking at all that stuff. It's an argument. All that stuff is an argument to shut their mouths. And like, yeah, something's right. I mean, something. They're doing this right somehow. Um. Was it uh, C.S. Lewis that said that the beauty of the stars is only seen against the dark blackness of the night? And as our current political, cultural moment in the United States and the world and the rise of technology and availability of the Internet, as that all rises and things get crazier, as wild as the past couple of years have been and as much pain and suffering it flipped our lives upside down, but I'm thankful for it. And as things get worse, I'm still grateful for it because it's more and more enabled us to see the contrast between how God wants us to live our lives and how the world is going, that the, the wisdom of God is folly to those that are perishing. And now it's becoming more and more evident where uh, Aaron Wren talked about the new, I grew up in the neutral age, according to him. And then 2016 was the, the negative world. So I was in the neutral, in the neutral world, maybe in Georgia or in the Bible Belt. There was a church in every corner. Everyone I knew was a Christian. And so, you know, be a city on the hill and be salt of the earth. Well, that seemed like everyone to me. So I didn't really know what that meant. But now it's becoming more and more apparent and evident. And as things get worse, it seems almost more and more clear how to live the gospel and to live with Christ being part of everything in our lives. And so I'm, I'm grateful for how things are going for my family mm. in this time. Praise but God. Thanks for the floor. Yeah. Thanks, Michael, thanks for chiming in. Thanks for being bold. Where's the rest of you bold folks like Michael? Lily, I shouldn't let you speak because you speak way too much, almost on all of these, but Lily, you have the floor and I'm going to give you 30 seconds. You better chop, chop girl. First of all, everybody should go listen to Knox on his unplugged podcast with Jason Farley. It is excellent. Well, well speak on it then. Speak on it then. You got you got 30 <laughs> more seconds. You got 60 seconds now. That's how if everybody wants to know how you get more time on the chat, that's how you do it. All right, Lily. Fight Laugh Feast produces the it's now it's called the Pub TV. Everybody needs to download that. Phenomenal. It's a collection of all these different wonderful podcasts and Knox's unplugged podcast is on there. So I like to let you guys all know so you can go download all that. Right. This is that's uh, enough of this, Nelly. <laughs> you gotta go for it now because that's you, okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Um I am privileged to get to hear a lot of great stories from just different people and like like some of it some of it just gets me in tears. So I'm not going to reveal their identity or say who they are, but I'll share a couple of stories um just as an encouragement to all the Christians out there who are building, doing things, starting businesses, going into um whether it's media, entertainment, whatever it is. Um you guys don't know the impact that you make, not just like in a general way within Christendom, but you are um, creating jobs, for example, for other Christians to work in those jobs and not have to be fearful that their boss is going to fire them for not using a pronoun. Um, for example, um, when wives of pastors are doing such a great job at home, they're 
enabling their husbands who are pastors to go hard and preach the gospel and, and stand up to tyrants and keep their churches open and focus on those things, which allowed for all these other folks who had nowhere to go. They were able to find their way to these churches that stayed open during the pandemic. Um, like these are just things that are the outpouring, the the wonderful goodness that comes because of like, it starts with the domino, uh, one domino falling on another and another. So when Christians are faithful and go into the world and go into these different areas and build and do things, you are benefiting so many other people down the line that you're not even aware of. It's You don't even have knowledge of it. And so I just want to encourage all you guys to keep at it. And, and I have to say Fight Laugh Beast Network, um, me getting a chance to listen to Cross Politic and all that, that opened my eyes to this other area of just in culture and everything mm. that uh, Christians don't go into. And that that just, like I said, it opened my eyes, it opened up a whole new world and made me look at things differently. And so all to say that Fight Laugh Beast has been a major blessing, just like, you know, jokes aside, they have been a major blessing. And, uh, you know, I'm just so encouraged by what they're doing. And like Knox was saying about Pastor Doug building, he's got 40 years in the making, he's doing it. So I, I just, I just want to throw out that encouragement. Thank you, Lily. Appreciate you. Uh, we're gonna have to give Lily a raise. She listens. All right, this is gonna be a challenging one. I don't know. I should make a rule. If you don't have a picture on your profile, uh, I shouldn't let you speak. Oh, he gone. He he left. All right. I was about to give somebody a chance to speak. There should be a rule about that, right? Um, can you recommend some books? Oh, David Reese is here. Oh, David. I hope I hope you can. Jump! I'm inviting you to speak. You just, David, just, just give me thirty seconds. I'm going to set you up so good. Just give me, oh, give me, give me, give me four. Give me, I want three minutes with you. I just want three minutes of your time, Dave. He's here. Oh snap! Hey, David, how you doing? I can't hear you, David. You can unmute your mic. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Here we go. So, David, here's 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 what I've been talking about. Um, I've been talking about the fact that, you know, Dreer had some things to say about uh, Andrew Isker, and he basically made the, the point that, hey, should all the world be Moscow? And uh, I personally don't mind Moscow, but I, I would like for the all the world to be like the garden, the, the, the garden city that's coming. But here's the thing. I was making the point that Doug said, hey, why don't you come out to Moscow why don't we pay for your ticket? Why don't you come and taste and see what's going on out here, right? Since you have such a huge problem with the whole Christian nationalism stuff and everything's going on. And I, my, my thought was, man, in order for Doug to make the argument, to invite Rod out, he had to make this argument 40 years before he ever had a chance to present it. And so my challenge to everybody else was, what is the argument that you need to be making now that turns out you get to use in the next 40 years? And since you're here, I, I'm sure you got a lot of them because you're doing some amazing things out there in Arizona. But one of the arguments that people don't understand is that their business and their family is a phenomenal argument to shut the mouths of people who don't understand or, or don't think or have misconceptions about what God is doing in the world. Your thoughts. No, I, I agree with you. Absolutely. And I think what people, what people think is they go, 
how do we have some grand cavalry charge where we can fix everything? And what they don't realize is that we are in trench warfare. We are slogging it out. We are digging. And we have to occasionally get up and shoot and then get back down. Mm. And we are in a prolonged process of fighting because we have lost so much and given so much ground. And so the only way for us to win is to gain decisive power at a particular place where we can project power and overwhelm the enemy. And so that takes a long process of concentration of resources. And you know, that also takes an individual who is mature enough that there can be a coalescing of resources around. And so ultimately, hopefully, you know, the elders of a church, plural, would be the kind of men that are able to do that. One of the one of the one of the qualifications of an elder is supposed to be cosmion, which is often translated well behaved, which kind of sounds like they're supposed to be like a little boy who's like not making too much noise. <laughs> and but the idea of cosmion is this guy is a man of valor. He's an Ishkail is the Hebrew, the man of valor. And and this guy is competent, decisive in battle, decisive in business. And so the argument that takes 40 years to make is somebody working from the age of 20 to the age of 60 to be the grand old man to build something. And by the time they've gathered the resources, there's almost a readiness to hand off the resources to the next generation. And so we build this out. I just married my son off mm. to a, a glorious young woman this last Friday. And that was an argument. So many people saw the beauty of the raising up of a son who's mature enough at 19 to get married and of a young lady who's also in her teens. And so people are looking at this and going, Oh, you know, they're so young and all that's like, yeah, but they're so much more mature than the average 40 year old. And, and so this, their work as they build a home 20 years from now, people are going to go, yeah, they weren't too young. Mm -hmm. God willing. Yep. Yep. And, Amen. and so that time, that time of raising him and then his time, getting to a place where he's got children. That's that. But I'll tell you what, by the time they've got children that are basically adults, there's going to be a lot more people that are mature and able to do it. So the building of the community is, it goes from the individual to the household, to households coalescing together into churches, to having the resources by owning estates and building them out, being an Ishkail, being a man of valor, and, and having the resources to be able to have magistrates that are Christian men. But there's nothing to do there but the work of dominion, and there's nothing to do there but to seek to build out that maturity. And so the argument, you know, Christianity pushed out to the edges. And so this idea of you get wisdom and you have piety, and piety isn't going in a hole and hiding your Christianity. Piety is the sense of duty to push out to the edges of your domain, Christianity. Mm. And that's the argument. That's the argument that over 40 years blossoms. And obviously in Moscow, you see that happening with many homes and you have all this stuff going on with the effort to apply Christianity out to the edges. And that's why, you know, a large portion of the liberal portion of the town hates you guys. Bro. But I just, I love when you come on here. It just makes me happy. I feel safer as like, you know, cause you, you sell body armor too. And so it's like, I just know like things are going to be good. Right. You know what I mean? I know we're going to have, some armor to protect us. I just, everything just feels better when you're around. Hey, do you know I'm going to be doing one of these every day coming up? Every day? Every. Like. <laughs> yes, every day. 
So you're going to have the opportunity to come on here any day you want and talk. But I have a, a day I really set aside for you, okay? Um, there's uh, actually two days. On Wednesdays, is going to be work Wednesdays, and it's reordering of work, all right? I think that we got the, the wrong conception of work. We think work is to pay bills. It, it does that, but really we work because we're made in the image of God, and I think there's a huge conversation there. And so I, I think I want to invite you to choose if you want to come on Wednesdays or here, check this one. I think you'll like this one. Family Fridays. On Friday, we want to re un, reorder our understanding and the importance of family. I think I got this from you when you start saying people underestimate the importance of the family in every area. And so you can choose what you want to do. But I'm like, you know what? Feel free. If you can make it, come in for either one of those. I love you every day. But I really want to like lean on you on one of those days because you really do a great job of talking about work and well everything, but particularly work and family because of the way you look at it covenantally. So, oh, okay, I didn't get it. Thank you, brother. That's an honor. I'm looking forward. We've got we. Well, no, but I'm just you and I. I think we have something. Is it this Thursday that we're doing uh, the next you know civil covenanting thing? I'm in. I'm in G. I'm at G three this Thursday, but we can figure it out. I've got it on my calendar for someday. Forgive me. I might be, I might be misremembering. I've got it on, uh, I've got it on for someday. I don't know. So forgive me. Yes. I'd love to come on. and I'd, I'd love to uh, continue our civil covenanting conversation. And um, I know we've got a time scheduled for our next one. I'll have to double check when that is. So yeah, forgive me. We're I'm driving right now. Do your thing, man. We'll talk soon. And um, congratulations, man, on, on your son that I, that I I met them. They're, they're a beautiful couple. And I think God's going to do great things for them. And you're right. There's a wonderful argument that's being made there and uh, may your tribe increase my guy. Uh, Jake Perry, I think is up next, sir. You have the floor. Go ahead. Hey, Knox. Oh, Hey honey. Sorry. Feed my daughter. I'm not calling you honey. Knox. <laughs> that was a little weird. That I just, I felt a little yeah. weird. I almost, I almost got the hang up. Yeah, yeah that, that was my little girl I'm feeding her right now. Um, I think, uh, so I'm not a Christian nationalist uh, by any means. I am a Rush Juni theonomist. Me too. And um, and so I, but here comes the wild part. Uh, so so our church, uh, were you at the Bonson Conference, Knox? No, I wasn't. I don't get those invites. Okay. Oh, brother. Uh, I wasn't there either. Uh, I uh, I can't remember why I wasn't there. Uh, oh, it was my wife's birthday. That's why I wasn't there. Um, so, uh, so my pastor met Pastor Doug and Pastor Toby. Uh, met Jeff, and uh, and so I'm in Escondido, man. Uh, we're we're uh, light shining for theonomy and not just Christian nationalism, but uh, Christian universalism. The whole universe belongs to Christ. I call and, that. Uh, and I, I think that, how, I call that Christian intergalacticalism. Oh, I love it, man. <laughs> That's great. That's even better because it sounds less heretical. Uh, <laughs> um, but so my uh, 40 year making, uh, 40 year argument in the making type thing is uh, just be faithful to the Lord. You, uh, if you got kids, go baptize them, like for real. Uh, lo love your children. Yeah, uh, they are believers. The Lord saved them. Treat them as such. Treat them as if they're in Christ. Be faithful to them and teach them to be faithful to the Lord. And when you do that, you raise up an army. When the Bible says that your children are like arrows in the hands of an archer, let me tell you something. Archers don't do anything but kill what they're hunting. And what are we hunting? Idols. We're looking to slaughter it before they slaughter us. 
So raise your children in the Lord. And, and when you do that, the Lord will bless that. No two ways about it. And also being faithful in the gospel ministry. When you go and you preach the gospel to your friends, your family, when you go to the open, open air, um, you're, you're continuing to be faithful. So even if people don't like Christian nationalism or theonomy, well, I got good news for you. Jesus said that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed and it grows so big that the birds of the air make their nest in it, which means that the whole earth will be full of Christians. And if you don't think that that's going to overflow into politics and economics, your thinking is a little skewed because it will. And this is the post-millennial hope that we have is that in our preaching, the elect of God come It overflows into politics. It overflows into economics and eventually, as the waters cover the sea, all the nations will come to Christ, and that will affect everything, every sphere that we live in. And so whether we like it or not, every nation will come to Christ, even for those who don't like Christian nationalism or theonomy. So that, that's my 40-year plan. Preach and have babies. <laughs> hey, thank you, brother. Appreciate you jumping in here, being bold and jumping in the conversation. All right, who we uh Evan. Evan John O'Brien. I mean, there we go. Uh I see Evan in his title's got Jesus Saves, Nerd, Christian Nationalist, Husband of One, and Father of I didn't see all of that. Father of four. All right, Evan, go ahead. You got the floor. Hey, brother. CK. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. I hear you just fine. All right. Hey, so uh I, I just I two things you said really hit me. Uh, one of them was that um, obviously not the cleat. I'm not going to say it verbatim, verbatim because I forgot exactly what you said. But when you get knocked down, you get back again. With God. Um, and so the thing is that the when you said about the the children when they're um, uh, hold on one second, we're getting double, we're getting double when they're homeschooled. There we go. And those things, and they go to someone's house and they have these great experiences that the people have these great experiences with the children. Uh, the one thing that hit me was like, it's, it's funny that they have that. And I've always had that whenever I'm, I'm at, um, whenever I've experienced that with, with somebody, but at home, you know, it can be a little bit different. It can be hit and miss. Um, but yeah, I just, I just wanted to say that, uh, you, you really struck me on those two things. Um, I've only been following this kind of stuff for a few years. I grew up in like the Calvary chapel kind of, um, charismatic, church uh so when my wife found wretched a few years ago and then i found people like you and durbin and and white and you know uh your pastor wilson and all those things it's it's it really has been a, a an experience that i enjoyed so i just wanted to say thank you for everything you do uh thank you for piercing our hearts the way that it, they need to be pierced and thank you for just giving us just a a, a, a a reason just to get up in the morning and, and say, hey, you know what? Uh, God is the most important thing. Our children need to know him and just to, just to move forward in that way. So Praise that's basically God. what I wanted to say. Praise God. You just wanted to give me some encouragement. I, you know, if you want to send an offering, it's at Chocolate Knox Cash App. That's what it is. At Chocolate Knox Cash App. You yeah, I, I, you know what? I got you guys. I, I got you guys on the uh, uh, Fight Last Feet. Sorry. Fight Last Feast Network. Um, you know, that's I, 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 I go to a church that's sort of... Um, it's good. It's it's sort of reform, but they're they're just sort of you know they're doing the overflow thing. They're doing the the two services a day, things like that. So I do like to spend my money with like you guys, like Apologia, yeah. things like that. That's sort of where I put my my uh, uh, my tithing, as I guess you would say, you know. So 
Praise God for you, man. Thank you very much. All right. I don't know what was going on on that. Okay. Do I got to get everybody in for speaking? Let me make sure. I'm trying to make sure. So when um, this is for everybody else who's not on X, I'm making sure that you guys can see kind of the chat that's going on here. I'm doing all kinds of things. I'm trying. Um, I wish I can bring people in who are on uh, other platforms too. Oh, here we go. All right. Uh All right, I'm trying to see, let you guys see the chat. I think I did it. I think I fixed it. Sorry, you guys are getting feedback here. All right, we have fixed the feedback. Who's up next inside of the chat? Uh, we got Evan, we had Jake. Stuart, what's up, man? I see you made it in here. You didn't think you were going to make it in for lunch, but you made it. Y'all, look at this. We are doing really awesome. We hit, we hit over 30 here inside of the spaces, and we're doing social media uh, pretty good. All right. Uh, oh, books on cosmology. Somebody asked me, what are some good books on cosmology? Um, some of the books that – oh, this friend. Uh, I gotta figure out how to do that one, David. I'm gonna figure it out. I'm, I'll be still in G3. We can figure it out. Um, so, books on cosmology. Uh, there's a book. There's a couple books. There's a book on what is faith by Jay Gresham Mason. That's a good book on cosmology. Uh, Calvin and the Table. It's a good book on cosmology. Um, let me. I'm gonna go to my books real quick. Um, if you listen to Knox Unplugged, if you have the app and search Knox Unplugged, you'll find all the books there uh, as well. Let me see. Knox Unplugged with Jason Farley. That's not the books. Here goes the book list. All right. Um, uh, Calvin and the Table. That's a good one, too. And here's here's why those books are important because uh, our our understanding of cosmology has to be around the things that God has given us to understand the world through, which baptism and the Lord's Supper. Those are good places to help orient your understanding of what kind of world it is that we live in. Um, I find those to be extremely helpful. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other books I can think of. You know, I will figure I will figure out those other books. And I will bring those to you the next time that we do this. So everybody understands. Uh, am I missing anybody? I'm, I'm going to look at the chats real quick here. On the chats, a mixed comments. Boy, Philly has been working. It was a Boniface option. Um, did I see Michael Foster? Oh, Michael Foster says, I'm always starting trouble. Bro, me? Start trouble? Never. I would never do such a thing. Um, Anybody else who wanted to speak on the spaces before I close this up and wrap it? All right. Y'all heard my, my, my position. Henry's came in and tapped it off. I've enjoyed the conversation with you guys. Not quite a marvelous, uh-oh, uh-oh, somebody's dropping in. Who is this? Bailey Robinson. Bailey, you have the floor. Before we wrap up, you get to be the last speaker of the day. But if you don't talk, Bailey, 
Sorry. There we go. It, 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 it cut off the first part of what you said there. I apologize. Um, I was trying to get uh, a quick question in um, briefly, um, if that's okay. I got in kind of halfway through, um, and so I didn't get to hear the first part. Or maybe this has already been brought up. Um, but uh, just something that uh, my family is working on, something similar to what um, what's going on up in Moscow, but in a different part of the country. Um, as far as uh, getting involved in government, uh, networking with other good churches, um, trying to spread the gospel um, in multiple different ways. Um, and they're in the process of networking with different churches and um, different organizations within the region they're living in um, to try to support good people in government, support people to run and uh, support people who are actually doing the right thing in government. Um, so we continue to glorify God through local policy making. Um, it's my question um, as far as this whole 40 year plan thing that you're talking about. We, everything that my family gets involved in is a little messy. We're pretty effective, but they're pretty, they get kind of messy. Um, and so it does, we don't really necessarily have a drawn out plan on how things are going to work. We're just in the kind of the planning phase of um, supporting different people and, and getting people involved who we know would be good in these public spaces. Do you have any any recommendations, suggestions on how to be more effective as this kind of thing is starting up? Uh, does that question make sense? I know that I, I kind of... Yeah, I'm going to try and help. I'm, yeah, it does make sense. And I'm going to try and see if we can put some parameters on us so we can speak. Uh, less general and more specific. So here, let me start with sure. what my position was. My position was it, Pastor Wilson made an argument to someone to come out to Moscow to taste the sea. And my point is you, you can't make an argument to come and taste the sea if you haven't been building anything. And so the whole point, um, I'm going to ask, uh, you mute your mic for me there. I'll let you jump back in for a second. Yeah. I got you. Um, my whole point is that these are arguments that are 40 years in the making. You have to have started, and he started with being faithful as a husband, and then he started being faithful as a father, and then he started with the school, being faithful there, and then giving Christian kids a Christian education, being faithful in his church as a pastor. And as he took responsibility in those areas, God blessed him to be able to have authority over those areas and others. Um, and and Reese is in here too. If Reese, you want to ask, be able to come in, I'll let you come in. And I know you guys just say on this. But so if we're talking about like, okay, I'm not necessarily talking about getting involved in politics, although I do support the idea and I see you're a Christian nationalist. But my point is to say that all the power isn't in one place. The power that God has given you to engage with is a place that you can take responsibility over right now. Where is it? When you walk in your living room door, when you come from work, where are the places you need responsibility? When you wake up in the morning and you go to your job, are there places there that you can be taking responsibility? There are all sorts of places. And I think if we start doing those faithfully, doing those well, all the other opportunities start to present themselves. And I use this example. I use this example of, um, oh, maybe I'll give you a few. Um, just a second. Um, I use this example. If, if you watch, uh, Oh, what was the film? I had right now. I'm sorry. If you watch um, uh, um, Zorro, the first Zorro, 
Zoro is trained uh, by the old Zoro, but he wants to get the guy that killed his brother. And so he keeps on um, trying to go after this guy who killed his brother. And the old Zoro says, no, 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 no. And he takes him to his training room. These three or four different circles. And he, they're small, it gets middle sized, and that one gets a little bigger. And then the last one is super wide and it's open. And he the new Zoro, you only worry about what's in this circle, this small circle. That's your world. And until you master that world, you don't get to go into any other circles. You master this circle, and then as you master that, you mastering it opens up by just the way the world is made in default into this other circle. And then you master that circle. And then that's because you master it. All the moves you're doing to master these circles, you're fighting in the circles, it opens it up in front of the person who you want to get to. The place you want to get to is within your circle. And right now, in America, a lot of the problem that we have is that we aren't able to reach in some ways that circle where we see all the powers of that. That's because we were ready to have that office here. We need to start in the small circle and work our way out as we train. David, do you want to add anything to that? I agree with what you said. I think that understanding those circles is best mapped by the covenant institutions that God established. And that Zaro? And so we have, is that, is that Zaro? I mean, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen Zaro. So, uh, I mean, I, as you, the way, you like the way I mapped it out with Zaro? It's pretty funny. I thought it was pretty good. Maybe we should use it. You might you're, Everybody knows you're more fun than I am. Well, you're more right than I am, so I, maybe we should just use the Bible. You're right. I'll, I'll shut up. Nobody's ever accused me of being fun. So, the, uh, the thing is, government institutions, right? You have the self-government, like you were, you were talking about, and the household, and the building up the business there. And just as like, when we talk on Friday, we're going to be talking about, see how I'm committing, you know? Uh, so we, we, when we talk on Friday, um, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the reality that, um, that the household family is far bigger than people think it is. People think it's too small. And they don't understand it. And that's why I think it's too small. And so the growth of a, of a great house um, is is the reality of what happens when a man has cosmos, generally speaking. And so from there, though, the idea of local government and the churches, you know, this idea of the federated jurisdictions of the state, where you deal with local government and then out to state government and, and into the, you know, the broader union, the same with the church. With the church, we have lost a vision of covenanted uniformity. Mm. We don't understand that the objective of the Reformation was to see the force restored properly. Right? The reforming of the church is the removal from the church of false statements, false worship forms, and false governmental forms to replace them with the right forms and to see those forms shared across the church. And by sharing those forms and having a covenantal uniformity, those are the tools, those are the outward liturgical tools that help us to have a unity of thought. And so that work makes it so that we can have constitutions that are properly ordered in the state and all that. And so seeing right form, right organization externally is what we're called to do in terms of dominion because we can't, 
I can't just like reach into your soul and make you believe things. All I can do is use a form of words and pray that the Lord will bless it to illuminate. That's all you can do. And so we have a duty of forms and to put those forms into institutional captured artifacts. And as we do that, as we take possession of things and tear down the idols, engage in the war against the idols and build these forms into place, and we do it with a focus on the covenant institutions, so much of the time we chase after institutions that the Bible doesn't tell us to care about. Mm-hmm. If we properly build up as individuals and properly see households organized and properly see the church organized and properly see the state organized, those are the institutions God said matter. Let the church say amen. Hmm. All right. Ask my sister, Mrs. Haney, up in here. I got to, I got to I got to let her in. Miss Haney, Miss Haney, you have the floor, Megan. Gotta unmute. There we go. Okay. <laughs> I'm taking stuff out of the oven. I just had to pop in. I don't get to talk to you very much, even though you live here. I know. I know. <sighs> I know. We'll it's it all good. Yeah. We'll figure it out. You know, I get to be on here and there, so that's good. I just wanted to, you know, you're talking about 40 years, and I was just remembering as you were talking how I was sitting like 25 years ago in my brownstone in Chicago, and my boyfriend at the time had handed me this book called Reforming Marriage. Oh. I remember <laughs> turning the back cover over as I was reading it and um, Moscow, Idaho. I was like, where in the world is Moscow, Idaho? And now, you know, I live here and I have seven children and um, God's drawn a bunch of my siblings here and my parents now and um, it's just been a big blessing and I just wanted to let everybody know practically, you know, God's been so kind with um, Doug and everyone here and I've been teaching in the faithfulness and I'm serving with that. So Me too. I, this is so fun that you're doing this. And you know, I popped on Twitter and I like to listen to other things while I'm cooking and not my own thoughts. So thanks for uh, all the bolstering. I appreciate it. I'm I'm glad that I could be a distraction for you, sis. <laughs> At least I'm good for something. It's a, no, it's a good input. I really appreciate it. I have to listen to um, I just like to listen to all the things. Oh, and I should, can I make a pop-in for, um, for uh, my daughter, Trin, in American Moment? Yeah. You about this? No. So she met oldest at NSA, and she went out to D.C. for the summer as an internship, or as an intern, and she worked um, for a group called American Moment. You guys go follow them. They're doing a lot of interesting things at the federal level, and she got to be a part of that, well-equipped. She was doing some questions for try uh, for different um Senate hearings and work for Eli Green and all kinds of good stuff. So is that what Nick? Is that what Nick out there makes all of? Yep, that's a that's Nick. Way exactly. to go. That's awesome. I love what they're doing. They are. They are. They are gonna. Yeah, I love what they're doing. That's I awesome. I know. I do too. She'll be back there next summer, probably with a full time job, and she's working on somebody's campaign right now. But I can't tell anyone who. All right. For the all right. Campaign. So anywhere, more building. We're sending arrows. Work. Yeah, you know, thanks sis, for dropping in. I just want to say this too about the arrows thing. I'm gonna let Stuart have it. I thought I was gonna give the last person last. This is amazing. People are popping in here now on this. It's lovely. I like it. Stuart, you're up next. But I want to say arrows. 
Um, you know, um, I'm trying to do too much. Man. I'm sorry, you guys. I didn't switch the screen on the Twitter space. Still on Reese's. Uh, hey, by the way, go follow David Reese. Go follow David Reese. I've been trying to encourage him to tweet more or X messages more. Go follow him. He's got like a couple, maybe a hundred or so. He needs a lot more followers. Um, but the thing about the arrows, um, arrows are, uh, well, um, the arrows in the hand of a, um, oh, I can't remember the text. Oh, uh, arrows, um, yeah, that's really bad. I'm supposed to jump in here, Stuart, and see you, but you haven't seen me yet. I think you're just waiting to see me fall like this on my face, but you know what, Stuart? That's okay. I don't, I don't need your help. But, um, uh, the whole point of the text is that kids are like arrows in the hands of my warrior. I didn't need your help anyway, Stuart. <laughs> um, but now don't you I knew you could do it. No, don't you even. I knew you could do you, it. You shut your mic off. You shut it. No, sir. No, you don't come in here now after my brain's working. You're supposed to save me. No, we ain't doing that. Um, but this part of the verse that people forget about is that so when you go to meet with your enemy, Gates, you won't be made made to be ashamed. Kids are part of your weapons in battle. <laughs> They're supposed to meet with you, which means you should be a fighting. You should be able to engage. Be able to engage with. I just want to say that there's some practical realities there. I just want to say that. All right, Stuart. Now, you, now you can. Um, I don't need your help with anything else. I'm jumping in. Man, I just wanted to, <laughs> to talk a little bit about what Bailey and you and Mr. Reese were all saying. Um, our church, by and large, is about 15 years old. We've got um, multiple sites that kind of operate down in South Louisiana. And it, it kind of hit us, I don't know, maybe. So for me specifically, our particular church has been planted for the last 10 years. I've been pastoring there for about 10 and about halfway through that, so when we first planted, we were um, more programmatic in our approach, kind of like your typical Baptist church plant, working through um, systems and assimilation mechanisms and stuff like that. And then about five years ago, I don't remember exactly how we landed upon this concept, but it was the idea that y'all are referencing right now, the concentric circles, the idea of... Um, you have a certain responsibility that you've been given by the Lord. And so you need to pour yourself out into that particular area. And so uh, uh, not too long ago, we shifted the way that we were doing ministry. And I started focusing really hard on heads of household, um, the te teaching and equipping them and, and trying to send them out into the ways in which they should go. And, oh, look, one just popped in here, as a matter of fact. Um and we have seen nothing but thriving growth as a result. Because I think the temptation for Christians is, oh, no, the civil sphere is collapsing quickly. We need to capture the civil sphere. Yep. Instead of us being willing to say, no, no, we've got the long game to play. And we have to, like you were referencing Doug earlier, how he proved himself faithful over years and years and years. Um, we have to prove ourselves faithful in what the Lord has given us. And the Bible says if we do so, then he will make us steward over 10 cities and, and more um, as we continue to work in those ways. And I'm just here to say we're seeing it play out. You know, we're we're in, we're rolling through it, and the Lord has the Lord has blessed. And we have we have been given opportunities over the last several years 
not because we're looking for them. Like tomorrow, um, our local parish government, we have parishes, not counties. Um, so our local parish government asked me to go pray tomorrow for the grand reopening or whatever it is of our parish courthouse. And it's not necessarily because we were looking for it. Uh-oh. Those concentric circles that you're referencing. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that did. You dropped out for a little bit there. I, I had actually, this is the, I had let somebody come into the space who's thinking that they were going to talk. And I thought I vetted this person. And um, I guess that uh, Twitter's still working on some, uh, getting some of these bots out. And uh, that person, that was that's what happened. There's, there's uh, all over. Yeah, we're on streaming everywhere, so that's what happens when it's live. It's really legit. So yeah, it's <laughs> live. It's for real it's, live. It, yeah, because I would have absolutely cut and edited all that out. All right, but uh, this, 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 I'm gonna have to figure out a way to. Need a screener. You know, a screener here, Elon. Can we keep the screener? We need to be able to screen calls before we're doing it. Okay, Andrew. Um, hey. How you doing? Um, Stuart, before you go, Stuart, really appreciate what you're doing. Everybody, Stuart's on page, needs to be marketing. Uh, if you have a company that needs to be marketed, uh, go check out Stuart, what he's doing. He, is, <laughs> he, he gets what he gets. Nice. And, um, I'm very grateful for the work that he's doing for us. We're marketing for us. I'm very grateful to have him. And he doesn't have a whole lot of followers either. Lindsay on uh, YouTube has six minions. Amen. Amen. That's what happens. Anyway, go follow Stuart on X as well. All right, Andrew, please don't be a bot. <laughs> oh, I'm actually as your Apple product. In, uh, uh, no, Wisconsin. no, no. Let me hold on now. <laughs> <laughs> May the Lord God bless you real good. And may your tribe increase, my brother. Very grateful for you. you I, oh, man. It's very good to talk to you, Andrew. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be able to tell you that in front of everybody. Yeah, you betcha. I'm, I'm blessed to be able to be a part of it. Uh, the, the one thing that it struck me as you guys were talking was um, the idea of, of these, these things we're investing in, family, um, our, our own souls, our churches, our communities. And it's all, when you drill down to it and on every level, even on a microscopic level, you drill down to these things and it's all about kingdom. And it, even on a DNA level, the kingdom shines brightly, um, whether it's a, you know, a changing a diaper at your house or, or you know, passing helping people greet people at church or any of these what we would even say small things and i think sometimes we we're tempted to even look for really big things for significance yeah and we forget that the kingdom of god is is like a mustard seed and we should be really really joyful whenever we get a chance to to provide a mustard seed so amen and appreciate you. Uh, I like. I heard half of what you said because I was busy thanking God for all the Mac Minis and other pieces of equipment that you have helped us here at the studio. Very grateful for you, brother. But no, you're right. You know, um, being able to 
of little things. And as they're faithful over little things, I try to do the kind of thing that God does. I leave treasures in the places that where they expand their territory. So there's a lot of things in my house that I gotta say my kids haven't found yet. But as they're faithful there, I want them to know that this is the kind of world that our treasures are set out for faithfulness. You know what I mean? And so and I think and God has made his world like that, and we need to remember it. That that's the way that the world is designed. It's not designed the way that we've been taught by the pagans and the education we've been getting for the last hundred years or so. Um it is designed that God has given the opportunity for blessing for those people who are faithful and operate in the way that he tells you to operate the world. And, 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 and that's when people miss the law of God. When people, oh, oh, I don't mean to say it, but I don't have to do it. Uh, when people, when I was talking to Jason Farley about this, I'm not going to We should have listened to it, by the way. It shouldn't have dropped today. But people act as if, Oh, the, the, we're not under the law anymore. We're under the, 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 the new covenant. And the new covenant is by faith. I'm like, where were you at? What, what, did, you, what did you think the old covenant Right? What, how, what did, did you think it wasn't? Did God ever have a moment when everything was done by works? What are you paying attention? What, have you lost your mind? It was never by works. It was always by faith. And, and so whatever we're doing, what, God's law is there to remind us when he tells us, hey, don't have idols. I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, brought you out of the house of bondage. Don't have idols. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. God is telling us the world works like this. This is how it operates. It doesn't, if you have idols, the world won't work for you. Insanity long-term is not uh, a winning strategy. Sanity, not having idols, fearing the Lord, resting on the seventh day, uh, and, and coming to worship, not blaspheming the Lord, obeying your parents, not stealing, not lying, not, not covenanting with your eyes and committing adultery. All of the law of God is a path to tell you and a teacher to tell you this is how God God's world works with you and this is how it's designed to work. When you go against that, you can expect destruction. Uh, and when you follow through with the plan, you can expect blessings. And that's all I've been trying to say this whole time. Right? Like, I've, I'm so grateful for Moscow. But, you know, there's other places that people want to live that they like. And I'm just saying being faithful in those places can produce the kind of thing over a period of time, over 40 years or more, where you get to tell the, the people who don't believe that God's faithful to his people because of the way they act. You can tell them, I mean, you want to come here? I'll, I'll get off for you. Come here. You want to see the argument I have for how good God has been to us over the last 40 years? I'll hold it up for you. Here goes my seven kids. Here goes my grandkids. Here goes my 150 grandkids. I mean, that's an argument. That's the best argument we can have. There's one person in here who wants to chat. Uh, news Project, I'm sorry. I've been burned today two times on people who don't have real accounts. I'm just not doing it. I'm going to have to make some rules about who gets to chat. Uh, and one of them was share the show. 
seen those people shoot. in there. All right, y'all. This is not quite. Uh, this is not quite a uh, marvelous Monday. It was more like a run for a marvelous Monday. And boy, we have some bugs to work out, but we still did a show together. And hopefully, God say the same. I'm gonna do another one tomorrow after I get to Georgia. I will be in Georgia tomorrow. I'll be boosted on a G3, and I'll give you guys an update on that. Now, David Reese texted me while we were talking, and he said, "Hey, we're on for Friday. Friday is Family Friday. We're gonna do Family Friday with David Reese. I'm looking forward to that. Dang, so, two hours. What is this? Two Bro, Jared." It's not unleashed. <laughs> hey, you guys, Marvelous Mondays, where the undoing of the wicked happens here on this show. God is doing something amazing. And Christian faithfulness, Christian faithfulness is not just something that's in your head or your heart. It materializes in the real world. And the more that we're faithful to God, the more we get to make an argument, the more the argument is made about what kind of world this is and who's the God over this world. God bless you guys.